0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200k for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically, for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's PACASO.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now you can save $50 on Select Battery Tool Sets. Real steel. Offer valid on Select AK System sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
2: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSEN,
3: the Sports betting Network.
2: Hell yes, it is Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. This is v the sports Betting Network. I spy a championship Friday as we welcome you in. Couldn't be more thrilled to be here for the next three hours. I'm Patrick Maher. i Shaw. Dustin Swedelson. They got a little pep in their step, a little championship pep in their step on a Friday, downtown Las Vegas. We've got plenty to do. We're going to go to Detroit with Dave Burkett, okay? The big guy took care of that with Venmo. Stuart Durst is going to join a handicapper. Jesse Newell, Kansas City. We'll go straight there. Get that smirk off your face, Sweetelson. And Mike Samich. Samich will probably have about 50 plays. v hosts, host, of course, handicapper is going to join as well. But, boys, an exciting day as we open up the program quickly give you the numbers and say hello Baltimore is laying four across the board I see one three and a half still kind of poking its head up but Baltimore 444 on the total Detroit and San Francisco is interesting DraftKings is sitting seven and a half a lot of markets sitting seven DraftKings is even on the seven and a half what does that mean for new betters? again headed to seven as opposed to going up we say hi for the first time Amal Shaw how are we feeling today
4: feeling good ready to get into the championship weekend just want to get your thoughts thoughts quickly on what's it like as a fan your team now what 51 hours away from kickoff I was telling Dustin this morning I said it's great that we actually have one of the final four teams and somebody's actually a fan of I gotta go back to the 80s the last time I had an NFL team that had some sort of importance in the Cleveland Browns
2: yeah, no, it's lit. It's amazing. I would say a good friend of mine texted me this morning, how are you feeling? And I just wrote back house money. I have <laughs> no issues about what's about to go down on Sunday evening. The Lions have paid back the city of Detroit and the state of Michigan tenfold this year. It's been an amazing ride. Again, I'll repeat myself. The pressure was against Tampa Bay. You had to beat that team. That's not a very good football team. The pressure is on the 49ers. The pressure is on one, two. Your boy and your boy, Dustin Sweetelson, Kyle Grumpy Shanahan. Uh, he needs to win this game. There, there is. And by the way, he doesn't just need to win this game. He needs to win a Super Bowl this year. Sweetelson, defend yourself. Uh, Michigan is the uh, Great Lake state,
5: right? Confirm that? Yes. It's yes, ironic because this game's gonna be a boat race. The San Francisco 49ers gonna put oh, up a lot of points. Oh, show us where you wrote brother. that down.
2: Show us <laughs> where you because you would never come up with that on the spot. Go ahead and show us, <laughs> Row the
5: boat, big guy. Get PJ Fleck out here. You better start rowing. Get those oars ready to go warm them up because it's going to be a boat race. Those 49ers are going to chuck it all over the Lions this weekend. Dare I say, everyone crushing Brock Purdy, we're going to have a uh, Brock Purdy bounce back performance. I
4: I thought Patrick brought up a great point that remember last weekend it was house, uh, sorry, not house money for Detroit. They had a great setup against Tampa. It was the ideal scenario in the divisional round. Now, if you're San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan, this is an ideal setup in Detroit. They've had a very good season, but if this game is like the one against the Packers where it gets tighter and tighter and then you're gonna have to rely on something I don't want to do that if I'm a 49ers backer in this spot
2: I'm just picking myself up off the mat. The big guy, you know what? It's going to be a good three hours. Generally, when he has a good zing to start, he, the ascent is upwards. When he struggles off the bat, insecurity takes over, and he struggles with the program, and the after show call is all about what he could have done better. But that that little line
5: right there, Sweetelson, I'm bullish on you like Bitcoin. I would say I am. I have concerns. I have concerns about Kyle Shanahan in a big spot, and I also think, that your boy Ben Johnson has some trickery up his sleeve he's not going down without a fight he's not going down swinging we're gonna see everything they have because they'll have two Ugh. weeks to prepare in the super bowl we're gonna see some random wild stuff from the lions offense i have a weird feeling about that I spoke, too,
2: I spoke too soon i spoke too soon uh he just countered himself by saying boat race 49ers and then jock the offensive coordinator of the lions. Yeah, it's called trying, okay
5: yeah i'm trying are to you in- okay i'm trying have you not figured out i contradict myself all the time I was trying to annoy you with the first statement. Then the second (laughs) statement was kind of what I generally feel. But out of the gates, you said something, and I wanted to annoy you because you weren't like overly enthusiastic about your team being the NFC championship game. Oh no, no, and I'm not sandbagging either. I will say this: I
2: was digging through the props last night, boys. I think the inflation in the prop market is nuts. I've got a ton of unders on player props, and I'm just going to also say, if you do want to bet these unders, don't worry, you're not late to the party. Wait, because by the time we get closer and closer, and 90% of that money comes in, not just side and total, but in the prop market, those numbers are going to continue to inflate and go up. So, just as kind of a warning shot, I've got a of unders on the props and that includes lamar jackson i'm excited to talk about that game we'll get sides and totals we'll have picks all over the place i just want to read to you too a quote from jared goff who's absolutely taking over the state of michigan along with dan campbell like they could run on a ticket and become governor and assistant governor today but asked about dan campbell's best attribute as a person and as a coach you know what jared goff said he said emotional intelligence that's my coach. Now, he can't count, and he does botch the clock, and he struggles in game, but my guy, kneecaps, everybody calls him a meathead, emotional intelligence. That kind of buoyed my psyche headed into NFC Championship Sunday.
4: Oh, Look, when you look at it, you give this team a ton of credit. They followed his lead, and they bought into everything he's selling, and Jared Goff, you mentioned it. It just I have to tell you guys, we played that clip you talked about. Was it Woj, uh, Patrick, you mentioned? Yes, yeah. yep. I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't mean the result is going to favor the Lions. But his disposition, to me, said a lot about the team and where they're at mentally going into this game. He was relaxed, didn't, felt like, didn't feel like the spot's too big. And one advantage he does have over Brock Purdy, guys, he has been to the show. He has been to the Super Bowl. They didn't win it against the Patriots. Been there, done that. Amon Ross St. Brown seems like a guy who's never going to get rattled. We were all ragging on the 12th pick of Jameer Gibbs. This guy has emerged now as an Offensive Rookie of the Year finalist. I mean, this team is ready to go. Don't, don't sell them short. Doesn't mean they're going to win. Doesn't mean they're going to cover. But I think this team deserves a ton of credit for where they are.
2: Yeah, the market says the lines are going to get blown out. We shall see. You see $3.40, $3.40 to win a dollar back money line on the 49ers. Big guy, last words before we dive into the program?
5: We got a lot to do here. Let's hear from D.C. himself because there was a lot of talking in the media. You mentioned Goff on Campbell. Now, here's Dan Campbell earlier in the week from Wednesday. He was asked about his quarterback, Jared Goff, going back to his hometown and playing a big game back in the Bay.
0: He's going to be great. I, I really, I, I feel great about golf. Uh, he's the least of my concerns. I, he's going to be just fine. Uh, for him, he's done this before. He understands it. We're back on the road, and uh,
2: it'll be uh, you know a loud environment. Uh, but I mean, we, man, we've been in some big games on the road over the last year and a half, and and he's performed uh, well.
0: And look, we, we threw a ton on him last week. Now I know it was at home, but we, we
2: put a lot on his plate. You know, as advanced as that defense was, all the different things they do that required that he take on a heavy load to get us in the right play, uh, find the matchups, you know, read coverage. Uh, and and he,
5: he was outstanding with that. And so um, he, he's going to be fine. He's going to be ready to go.
2: And what did I hear there? I heard emotional intelligence from my head coach. That's a great clip to get us started. I want to say this. Uh, a head coach can do so much for an organization. And Dan Campbell, in three quick years, has completely changed the makeup of the Detroit Lions. And I bring up the head coaches because yesterday, fellas, and I think you two did a great job with it, we, t- we broke some news on the show. Canalis was hired by the Carolina Panthers. You had Raheem Morris in real time being hired by the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons, of course, a no-brainer Jim Harbaugh here with the Chargers. That was a no-brainer. We understand that. But there seems to be a narrative like surrounding will he or won't he when it comes to Bill Belichick. And I think there's the surface and then there's reality. And this is a pretty basic scenario. First off, there's a 0% chance that Bill Belichick is a head coach this year, this forthcoming year in the NFL. And I think for a lot of good reasons. One, what happened with Atlanta is obviously. Obviously, there was a front office survival. Like McKay and the rest of the crew got to Arthur Blank and said, We don't want to lose our jobs. That curmudgeon's going to come in here and completely take over everything. And I think if you watched the Canalis video yesterday, And Dustin, you sent me a Raheem Morris video, which was really, really just it it showed his temperament. It showed his personality and why you'd want him as your head coach. And then you starkly contrast that to what Bill Belichick would have brought, which is essentially a wet blanket. He's going to be a great coach. And here's exactly what Bill Belichick needs to do, because the the clock is ticking. He needs to take a year, go on TV and have a little bit of an image makeover, if that makes sense, boys. Like he needs to jump on television and show what everybody's been saying behind closed doors. He's Don freaking Rickles or Jerry Seinfeld to give you an updated version of what a comedian is. Like Bill Belichick has never shown anything to the public. And if he's going to get a head coaching job next year, one of 32, he's going to have to have an image makeover and it has to happen this offseason. There is no other way to spin it. Raheem Morris was the hire, should have been the hire. Bill Belichick tried to walk in there with his equity in a Didn't work out.
4: Patrick, I think you raised some excellent points. First of all, you talked about personality. I mean, you t- we hear that about Saban, Andy Reid, some of these guys having great personalities behind the scenes, and I don't doubt that. But with Bill Belichick, you never, ever see that. Like, I can't remember one time you go, you know, I get he could be a bit curmudgeonly, but then you look at him and go, hey, he looks like he might be a fun guy behind closed doors, but just doesn't seem to have that disposition. And I think the other thing is nobody wants to tell the emperor he has no clothes. I think all these teams may have talked to him, or Atlanta in particular, and they realized, you know what, this guy is is not going to raise the level of the of just the building itself based on his personality coming in there. Look, we know Washington's going to hire Ben Johnson. You've talked about it for weeks now. Seattle, if they were going to hire Bill Belichick, they would have already made the move. There's yep. no reason to sit around and wait while the postseason is still ongoing and there's four teams remaining. You're right. He needs a makeover. I don't know if it's going to be enough for him at 72 years old and then next year potentially somebody looking to take a shot at him at 73 and is his personality transformed enough to be able to really change
2: what people see him being. Totally agree. And big guy, there's a couple of words in 2024 in big business. When we merged with DraftKings, it was very collaborative. There was a lot of synergy. It worked out well. These organizations, Carolina, General Manager, then Canalis, 38 years, 42 years old. There needs to be a collaborative effect. Bill Belichick is the antithesis of a collaboration. When we return, we're jumping into the props. Plus, the big guys got to break down on those one seeds in champion.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable.
0: When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
6: AI might be the most important new computer technology ever.
2: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on v
3: the Sports Betting Network.
2: Well, it must be a Friday at the D because if you listen closely, you can hear that Sigma Derby is indeed lit, which is an issue for Amal and Dustin because they're like little kittens with the ball. They get very distracted. They're nervous about the noise from Sigma. Just tell them to zip it, Sweetelson. Do the thing with the, the mouth. Zip it now. That is a given on a Friday. So is Bill A.D. with the VEASAN Daily. That's actually every day. Your table starter for your betting news. It's free. VEASAN.com slash newsletter. You can sign up, get the ex- expert picks and analysis. Now, this would be the perfect time to go sign up if you haven't, because our numbers guy, Steve Mackinnon has put together the ultimate list of Championship Sunday trends. So make sure you go check it out. It's a link. It's free. Make sure you see it. Check it out. Ingest it. It's all there. Bill A.D., the man of mystery. vcin.com slash newsletter. A little picture of Sigma Derby with people getting housed at 1216 on a Friday. Betting quarters on the fake ponies. you love to see it as we welcome you back. Championship Friday into Championship Sunday. It's a great day to be here. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. Of course, Amal Shaw and Dustin Sweetelson. Dustin called early today. He said, I got one seed. But trends, but also the last 10 conference championship games, we've got some trends. So we're going to start off slow, give you some numbers that you can digest, and then we'll jump into the props, the sides, the totals and a bunch of guests. So big guy, let's get it started. Here.
5: Yeah. So last week I did some research on the one seeds and I wanted to see how things played out. Obviously, you expect one seeds to do well when they're in the divisional round from last week and the trends continued going into last week, 16 and four straight up last 10 years, 10 and 10 ATS. That trend of 10 and 10 ATS held up last week because we had the Ravens cover against the Texans and the Niners won but did not cover against Green Bay. So I figured let's look since we have both the one seeds advancing here, see how things play out. And over the last 10 years, 2021, we didn't have any one seeds in the conference championships. 2016, the Cowboys lost in the divisional round and the Ravens in 2019 lost in the divisional round. Outside of that, we've always had one seeds in the conference championships. So how do they do? straight up how would you expect one seeds to do when they reach this point of the year they're one seeds for a reason they're 13 and 3 straight up in the conference championship does that surprise anyone no no Not at all. And that's why you had 115 over at
2: Circa. Remember, before the postseason started, boys, you had Benson and the crew drop a 115, either San Francisco or Baltimore wins the Super Bowl in the field for the rest at 115 as well.
5: Continue, big guy. Okay, so last week I said 10 and 10 ATS in the divisional round. Kind of weird when we go to the conference championship. When it's supposed to be better competition than the divisional round, the, the one seeds are only 11 and 5 ATS over the last 10 years. 11 and 5 ATS, meaning when it matters, they're going to figure it out and find a way to cover favorites of at least seven points, like San Francisco. They are just two and two ATS, so perhaps that's a little bit of hope for your Lions. And as far as totals go, it's really close. Eight, seven, and one to the over for games involving the one seeds entering the conference championship. Okay, and the totals right now, DraftKings
2: is showing 44 on the early game. AFC, Kansas City, Baltimore, MoShop showing 44 and a half. And then pretty much everybody universally, a 51 and a half Detroit and San Francisco. Yeah, this
4: is an interesting game. Weather's not expected to be a factor at all. Actually, it's going to be comfortable in Santa Clara High, 60s, clear skies on Sunday, late start in the Bay Area at around 3 p.m. Pacific time. I think both offenses should be able to flourish for me from a San Francisco perspective, the health of Debo Samuel could have an impact on what they do offensively. On the flip side, guys, I think if you're Detroit, you're going to be, as Patrick has talked about a lot throughout the week, they're playing with house money. You just get out there and just fling it at times. They've been comfortable and confident in their passing game. We saw it against the Rams. They threw the ball on second down and nine. I think what Dan Campbell talked about is accurate and true. They believe in Excuse me, the quarterback, Jared Goff. Goff. Thank you. Uh, Goff, I think Gibbs out of the backfield is going to be dangerous. Montgomery will pick his spots when they're running him. But this is going to be a fun game. I, I tend to think this is going to be a little bit higher scoring. The Lions have been very good offensively when you look at them. Team total of 21 and a half. That's one you might consider if you don't necessarily love the game over the total of 51 and a half. And Patrick said earlier in the week, I think it was 28 and a half on San Francisco. Um, I had a, listen, CMC, this offense, they're going to have to score points on Sunday. I don't think they can win a lower scoring game or it shouldn't be a lower scoring game. So not surprised at all where we see this number going.
2: Yeah. And that is a key number, of course, where it's kind of toggling between that seven and seven and a half with the Lions and 49ers. We, in fact, have two key numbers, the key numbers. Obviously, we've jumped past the three in Kansas City, Baltimore, up to four. So that was sitting three for a bit. So if you liked Baltimore early in the week, you're missing the best of it. And now that number continues to climb. Dustin, you and we've all been talking about the fact that we think the numbers have kind of gone opposite of what we expected. And reasons, you know, for example, the Chiefs and Ravens, like if you and I was digging more into the Baltimore numbers, like efficiency wise, adjusted strength of schedule. They're not just good. They're all time good. Their numbers this year are ridiculous. I gave you the stat yesterday, but again, a lot of it just comes down to the better team numbers wise in Baltimore at home with a great crowd and then you have Superman and Patrick Mahomes like the easiest thing to do today boys would be well you can't fade Mahomes because he proves over and over again the doubters wrong. So that would be one thing, but there are many, many numbers backing Baltimore, and I think there's a reason that number has jumped up to four. Uh, A couple of things. The key move from three to three and a half, now up to four, that's all the difference, right? And then Jackson, let's again, just give you something we talked about a little bit yesterday. Lamar Jackson, 22 and six ATS when he's favored by three or less. He's six and one this year, favored by by three or less in his career he's 22 and 31 in this situation so he's well below 500 22 and 31 when he is favored by three and a half or more take it what you will further six and oh the ravens this year we talked about strength of schedule boys teams that are three games or better above 500 the ravens are six and zero. and what are they doing to those teams they're beating them by an average of 26 points This is a great team,
5: not a good team by the numbers. So that plays right into my research for conference championships in general over the last 10 years, regardless of what seeds are involved. Because I went and looked, favorites, just 11 and 9 ATS, but I wanted to see how it mattered by how many points they were were favored by. So playing right into this with the Ravens, favorites of 3.5 or more, 7 and 4 ATS. Sorry, seven and three ATS, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, favorites three and a half to six and a half are three and one ATS. Whereas on the, in the other game, San Francisco and Detroit, favorites of seven and more, just three and three ATS. That leads me to believe that our instinct was completely wrong. That line move with the Chiefs going from three and a half to four point underdogs on the road at, at Baltimore made sense based on the data over the last 10 years. And it, it just as a quick aside, we
2: constantly on the network talk about the key numbers and in football betting. You're going to talk about three and seven to start just to give you an idea. If you're just getting into this 15 now, it's going to vary year to year, but generally right around 15 percent of football games in the NFL are going to be decided by three points. And then anywhere between nine and 10 percent of all games will be decided by seven. So I'm just trying to set the table here. Why those numbers, including the three and seven are so important.
4: Well, you're absolutely right about that. You talked about how competitive and close these games are. But I'm going to tell you guys, when you look at it in this postseason, it's applied. We've had 10 games so far. The numbers come into play in two of the games. The Rams-Lions game, that was a th- I think it was a three, three and a half in that one. And the Rams end up, I mean, excuse me, the Lions win that game by one. And then the San Francisco uh, Green Bay game. Packers were catching nine and a half to 10 in that game. They end up losing that game uh, by four points there. Or, excuse me, uh, I think it was four points. But my point is that... The team that you believe is going to win the game if you believe that Kansas City is going to win, don't be afraid to take the points. If you believe Baltimore is going to win the game, don't be afraid to lay the number. Obviously, you'd rather have three than three and a half or four, but be firm in the position on the team that you like. If you go through the NFL season, you see it so many times throughout the course of the year, the first 60, six weeks of the season, 96 games played, 87 times the number didn't matter. As long as you picked which side was going to win the game, whether it was a dog or a favorite, a favorite they covered. If it was a dog, they won the game and they covered. So to me, yes, the movement definitely matters, but pay Attention to which side you like.
5: Uh, this is okay. also a, a lock I have for you. This 100% Uh-oh. of the time, Uh-oh. a lock. Always early comes on, through. 24 minutes into yeah. the program, already it's, a lock. Let's go. It's a lock. When I have a futures ticket and I hedge against it. The hedge loses. The ticket stays alive. When I have a futures ticket and I don't hedge against it, the ticket dies that moment there and I make no money off it. See the bills from last week. I doubled down on Buffalo. This week, I did hedge on Kansas City against my Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl ticket, which means not only will that bet not win, but the Ravens will be going to the Super Bowl. And what's your price on the Ravens? Uh, I believe it's 18 to 1, something like that. And you had you put with the Kansas City Chiefs here. 19 to one on the Ravens. I did hedge. I did. I took three and a half. I jumped at it as soon as it came out. Should have waited. Could have gotten a way better number. Frank Ragnow running the
2: ball is going to be very important. We're going to come back and start with the NFC championship game. I think the path to victory for the Lions while a big time uphill battle, I think it's very simple what they need to do. Ragnow, the center makes a big difference. We talked about it yesterday. Debo's going to play. Now, whether or not it's window dressing. We saw the video yesterday, and he looked pretty damn spry. So Debo changed the whole dynamic of that NFC championship game as well and what the Niners do on offense. Next, Detroit, San Francisco, Sharp Money.
3: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSN, the sports betting network.
2: Our website got a paint job and it looks great. Fresh new look, enhanced navigation, mobile first focus, improved functionality, expanded educational content. That's the brand new vison.com Go check it out. I think you're going to love it as we welcome you back. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. I'm Patrick Maher. Malshaw, Shaw, Dustin Swiedelson. We're going to start with the NFC. We've got a ton of guests coming up, including Samich in the final hour. We'll run the championship weekend board. Of course, we've got plenty of props as well. I think to start here, I mean, the number... And this is going to be very game dependent. So be careful with props when talking about San Francisco hosting Detroit because the number says, well, we more than likely are looking at a San Francisco blowout and those passing numbers for Purdy could be suppressed if they do jump out to an early lead. And we can say this, I think what your handicap starts with, was the moment too big for Brock Purdy last week? And most would say yes, he respectfully, respectfully, boys had 23 completions, 250 But most importantly, most would point to the 12-play, 69-yard touchdown drive late in the fourth. And then to make excuses for Purdy, you point to the weather. Now, the weather on Sunday night is going to be pristine in Santa Clara. That's not going to be an issue. I I would say this. This is an all-star roster. I talked about it at the onset of the show. There is no pressure on the Detroit Lions coming into this. Certainly a ton of pressure for the more talented team with, quote-unquote, Mr. Irrelevant. So we can put Purdy over here. As far as the path to victory for the Lions, Dustin, Amal, I think it's very simple. They've got a top five run defense. And again, a little bit of an inconsistent 49er run D. So the Lions are going to try to shorten the game and of course run the football. We'll get into the props with Montgomery and Gibbs coming up. They have to have the Lions early down success. Okay, (laughs) They had that against Tampa Bay, stay out in front of the chains. Very important. Here's where it starts to get murky for the Lions, and like Dustin said, potentially a boat race. Detroit was 32nd in explosive pass defense, okay? And now, they're only taking on the most explosive pass offense in the NFL, in the 49ers. That is an issue. They need to pressure Brock Purdy. He generally plays pretty well under pressure, but as far as pressure rate, now, they don't get to the quarterback a ton, but pressure rate, Detroit was the best in football this year. So So, again, very simple if we're trying to diagnose how the Lions can win this game. They've got to shorten the game with their run game and they have to somehow they're not going to do it completely, but somehow eliminate with the worst explosive pass defense in football. They have to eliminate the 49ers explosive plays, which will be an issue.
4: You're absolutely right about that. They've got to slow down Christian McCaffrey. The one thing he's been able to do is have explosive plays. We saw it in the game against the Packers. He has that 39-yard rushing touchdown. He didn't. He was averaging three and a half yards per carry outside of that singular run. So if Detroit can negate that a little bit, I think it's their advantage. And I'll tell you guys. For me, one other advantage Detroit has in terms of covering the spread and potentially being able to win this game, I think Dan Campbell is going to take some risk in this game from a fourth down perspective. We know how much they're willing to risk and gamble, and if If you get that additional down, there's going to be some advantages there. You're inside the 40. I don't think this team believes they're going to win this game kicking field goals. You will see them be aggressive on offense. They've gotten this far or all the way to this point by being aggressive. I think that won't change. And against a team in San Francisco that can present some challenges, seventh in the NFL in sacks this year, they're going to have to take advantage of their opportunities when they cross the 50 yard line.
2: Yeah, I think we could talk about McCaffrey because I think you're onto something there. And big guy, you, you may have more with McCaffrey on the props. His receiving number is set at 35 and a half receiving yards. Now it's been a while since he's gotten there. I think Arizona was the last time he's gone over this number. The Debo question continues to loom because it is, is it window dressing if he's going to be out there? If so, maybe look to Ayuk and then McCaffrey in the pass game. I'm going to shock you guys quickly with a prop. I'm going under 61 and a half receiving yards george kittle okay again i like a lot of unders this weekend and debo being back whether or not it's window dressing he is going to get some of those targets we know that and again this is a lions linebacker group that is very good at defending the tight end when you adjust their strength of schedule they are the seventh best unit in defending the tight end and when you saw Over the course of a season, Kittle go up against good teams, for example, Pittsburgh, good linebackers, 19 receiving yards, Cleveland, one yard receiving. Again, he doesn't necessarily go off against the better linebacking crews that defend tight ends. So I like Kittle under 61 and a half on the receiving yards. Big guy.
5: uh, I'm actually on the opposite end of that. Uh, Less because I think he goes off. I don't think this is like a 90 plus yard game for Kittle. He's not a ladder guy that I'd, I'd look at this week if that's something you like to do with props. I just thought the number was a little bit low for him in this spot. Brock Purdy needs him banged up Debo and some of the tight ends that Detroit's faced, like Otten had five for 65 last week. Kittle is a more dynamic tight end than, than Otten. Guys like Johnny Munt, five for 58. So we'll we'll see. I like uh, his TD prop. I like Kittle
2: TD prop as well. We can give you the number, but I don't look. We'll go head to head yeah. on Kittle. I just thought it was a little inflated. And I think that number, by the way, is going to keep going up. I think it ends up like 62 I, and a half by the
5: time the game. I think picks. everything has gone up because remember, they because of the schedule. Normally throughout the regular season, we get props released on Wednesday and they kind of trickle in throughout the day, depending on if there's any injury news. These props at this point have already moved because they came out as soon as the games ended last week. So we've had these props out for a while. Like I'm on a prop now where I'm not getting a great number on it, but I do like it. And Brandon Ayuk is over receiving yards total. Was it 80? It's 80 right now. I believe it opened like 76, something like that, somewhere around there. And we're up to 80 and a half, but I still like it for Ayuk this week. Uh, just because those Lions corners, I don't think they can contain him. I think he's going to get the ball a lot. I think there's going to be a lot of short stuff coming his way. And he's proven he can make plays. When you look at him home versus road, he averages about 92 yards per game at home versus 67 on the road. He's a guy they rely on when they're favorites at home. And I think he's going to be the key guy to pick up a lot of third downs for them.
4: You know, I'm not trying to waffle here, but I want to address both players. George Kittle this year, thousand yards receiving, 64 catches on the season, just had four drops. So he's right there. He's going to average about four catches per game. He averaged 64 yards per per game catches, uh, excuse me, yardage-wise. And in this game, Patrick mentioned 61 and a half. I think this number is pretty good. I tend to agree with Patrick here a little bit, even though he's had some big plays, and he's, he's probably the most explosive tight end outside of Travis Kelsey because he's so hard to bring down. I don't know if you don't get that rack, how effective he's going to be in terms of getting over that number. And then I'm with you, Dustin. I like Brandon Ayuk over, particularly if we don't get a healthy Debo Samuel, which I don't believe not only is he going to be healthy, but how effective can it be? Brandon Ayuk is a guy that Brock purdy trust. You saw the number at the 80. There's some alternate numbers there as well on Brandon Ayuk. You can take a look at. I think he's going to be a dangerous guy in this particular game. But 80 and a half might seem a little bit high for people at this point. But Patrick, I think Ayuk's going to have to have a big day if the Niners are going to win.
2: Totally agree. And Ayuk and can take advantage of sieves, which we call cornerbacks, especially if they're on an island against him, and the Detroit Lions secondary, which is gosh awful. Now, McCaffrey, let's take a look. Without Debo this year, receiving yards 64 and 51. Although I mentioned it's been a while. So you have to go back to 72 receiving yards against Arizona on December 17th, where he cleared this 35 and a half. I think you mentioned kind of a security blanket early on. I think Kyle, a couple swing passes out the McCaffrey and only one catch. You can go over that 35 and a half. Dustin, I looked at receipt receptions for McCaffrey as well. Four and a half felt a little high, but he gets three catches
5: that 35 and a half could be in danger. So I had his over receptions last week, and we got there, but it was a struggle, because if you go back, and the weather played a role in this, but how often you see a running back have 12 targets and only seven catches every time a running back's getting target it's usually a short throw how can you only can you have five incompletions targeting your running back the weather played a role in that he is absolutely a security blanket for for purdy in the in, in the best way possible he makes him look a lot better and i think to get his confidence up he'll throw to him a bunch early i actually have a weird bet on cmc it's super short so i understand people not wanting to be into it but I went back and looked over this season, Christian McCaffrey to be the first San Francisco touchdown scorer, not just first game, first San Francisco touchdown scorer. So if the Lions get the ball, which Shanahan likes to defer, they score on the first drive as long as McCaffrey punches it on the next drive, we can cash here still. I'd still bet him first overall touchdown score 310. McCaffrey has scored the Niners first touchdown in seven of 18 games. He has scored San Francisco's first touchdown in four of their nine home games, two of which were first of the game. I think mean, there's a very good chance he has a very large size of, of, of first touchdowns for San Francisco this year. Kittle has a couple. Samuel has a couple. Ayuk has one or two, but it's pretty consistently, CMC ends up finding the end zone. Kittle was their first touchdown scorer a week ago. I think this week we end up in the red zone. They don't want Brock Purdy to mess it up. They make sure that CMC finds the end zone. What's the price on that? Plus 155 on first San Francisco, plus 310 on first overall touchdown. Okay, 310
2: overall for McCaffrey. Do either of you want to tip you I, I guess, show your hand on the cider total here uh, to support the Lions at seven and a half. They were an NFL best 13 and six ATS this year. So kind of going against what you said, them all as far as just picking a winner here. Yeah. But the Lions and Campbell specifically, very good ATS.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, they were favored a lot more this year, but still doing a great job, as you alluded to 13 and six against the spread here. I'll just say this. This is going to be a game where one
2: team improves upon a performance that we saw out of them last week going to be interesting. While I'm leaning over the 51 and a half, it's going to be a much different story with Kansas City and Baltimore. Dave Burkett, Detroit Free Press next.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
6: Hi, checking in for
0: or the perfect table.
6: Hey, where
0: are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools.
2: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the
3: Sports Betting Network.
2: Presented by DraftKings, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. Remember, $5 gets you $200 in bonus bets instantly at DraftKings using that promo code VSIN for new customers. All customers, every day, a no-sweat, same-game parlay at DraftKings. The crown is yours as we welcome you back. Of course, it's still crazy crazy to say, but the Lions are in the NFC Championship game coming up Sunday night. To discuss that, Dave Burkett, Detroit Free Press, Lions beat reporter, Ben covering the Lions for a long time at Dave Burkett on Twitter and Dave full disclosure I've been reading you for many many years me and my family I'm from Michigan so yeah. it's a thrilled it's a thrill to talk to you Dave uh, let's start here you saw the back and forth with Jared Goff and Bob Wojnowski from the news I, I saw a different yeah. side of Goff is Goff like that when you're covering him <laughs> kind of jovial and a leader is that his vibe
3: First of all, I appreciate the uh, the intro. You date me a little bit because uh, I do feel a little bit old considering all the uh, the bad Lions years I've been through yes. before getting this year. But um, yes. Yeah, no, look, I mean, I think um I don't think golf is is normally like that, but what golf does have is he's got a he's got a little quick wit about him, right? He's got a little dry sense of humor and and we did see that come out and maybe he feels a little more, you know, confident about displaying that because shoot he's he's silenced a lot of doubters you know he he caught a lot of guff when he came here you know i was certainly one of the people that uh you know wondered what he was going to be if he was a bridge quarterback or or what the lions really were going to do with him and now you know three years later here they are one win from the super bowl so um i i kind of like that side of him even though he i think he was just having a little fun with bob
4: Dave, outside of their talent on the field, what are the intangibles that make you believe or Lions fans should believe that they can win this game on Sunday in Santa
3: Clara? Well, look, number one is confidence. I mean, this team is... Um, not to the point where they're overconfident, cocky, you know, taking the 49ers for granted, but the one thing that Dan Campbell has done is instill in his players, instill in the entire organization, really like a belief that they belong, a belief that they can do anything, and you know, I, I think we saw it that first year when they started 0 and one and they were still scrapping and clawing and winning games, and you know, I know Brad Holmes had told me at the time, you know, he'd be driving to work thinking like, man, just wait, we are going to be there one day, and he'd get there and Dan Campbell would be sort of foaming at the mouth saying the same thing and I think that as much as anything is why the Lions are where they are I mean they have a really good roster but the, the unwavering belief really they have in Dan Campbell and the people around them uh, that they belong, that's, that's what's carried them to this point
2: Dave Briquette, Detroit Free Press. Let's start with the Lions' approach on offense. I think, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong, but shortening the game, running the football, keeping that explosive 49er offense off the field that feels like a pretty basic game plan. What do you see from the Lions?
3: I think you're right uh, because I, you know, when you look at how the Lions match up defensively with the 49ers, they're going to have some problems with that. Um, you know, obviously San Francisco's got a really balanced offense. Christian McCaffrey having a great year, in, in the Lions secondary, um, you know, they need to blitz to, to to get home sometimes with some of that pressure. And and I don't know, Brock Purdy gets the ball out pretty quick, um, so I don't know how that secondary is going to hold up. So if I'm putting the game plan together, at least I I would probably start there too. I think the 49ers, good statistically against the run, but they've shown a few cracks. And when you have Jameer Gibbs, you have David Montgomery, you have the line that the Lions have. I think that's where it all starts when it comes to the Lions offense this week. So I don't think that means they will you know, shy away from throwing the ball downfield, but but maybe be smart about doing that and uh, you know make sure that make sure that they you know this isn't one of those games where there's 12 possessions and it gets out of hand and and they're playing catch up they want to be the team that that takes the early lead and i think they can do that by by running the football
4: dave detroit was fourth against the run this year in the national football league christian mccaffrey's over under this year's excuse me this game is at 86 and a half is this a number you would look towards going under or over and can the lions really genuinely slow him down in this one
3: yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, look, the Lions haven't allowed 70 yards to a running back this year, I don't think. So, you know, I, I guess I, would, I might lean under on that. I, I think Christian McCaffrey, look, if you like the 49ers to win, I think you're probably thinking McCaffrey's going to have a big game because that's just that's what he does, right? But I like the Lions' run defense. They did show a few cracks last week. They allowed about six yards per carry last week against the Bucks. Um, But they haven't allowed 100 yards since, you know, early December. Uh, They've done a really good job keeping running backs in check. It's been some of the running quarterbacks that have, have hurt them. So I like this to be a close game. I think the Lions can keep McCaffrey under that number.
2: Dave, the number, the Lions are catching seven and a half. Based on what you just said, does that number feel a bit disrespectful to the Detroit Lions?
3: it felt heavy to me when it came out. And I actually said something to somebody in the locker room the other day, like, man, I was surprised by that. And they were like, you're telling me, you know? So I think it's, uh, it's definitely something that, um, you know, I don't know if that's bulletin board material. Right. But I, I think it definitely is something that, that caught some people's eye in, in Detroit. Like they feel like they are an evenly matched team with the 49ers. And this is going to be one of those games that, you know, whoever has the ball last gets to sort of paint the picture of what the outcome is.
4: Dave, the Lions had the most uh, fourth down attempts in the National Football League this year. Could that prove beneficial for their offense, the ability to take certain risks, say, across the 40 yard line in plus territory?
3: Yeah, I, I think the one point with that is that it's not going to change in this game. You know, I, I don't think Dan Campbell is the type that's all of a sudden going to stray from what got him there. I mean, he's, since he walked in the door in Allen Park, he's believed that, you know, a set of downs is four downs, it's not three. And if there's an opportunity to, you know, that, that's why they've been so successful sometimes, right? A third and eight, they don't need to pick up eight. You know, maybe they need to pick up four to go for it on fourth down, just knowing the personnel they have and, and Dan's appetite for risk. So I do think you're right that, especially in a game like this, where maximizing possessions is important, um, whether it's going for it on fourth down, maybe it's throwing a fake punt in. We've certainly seen that from Dan before. Those are the risks I think he's willing to take in, in a big game like this.
2: Dave Burkett, he's on the Lions beat for the Detroit Free Press. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm 45. You might be a little bit younger than me. But I just can't believe we're having this conversation. And the conversation (laughs) starts with Dan Campbell. I mean, I'm serious. Like, my family's freaking out in Michigan. Dan Campbell could run for governor and win in a landslide. Like, help us understand nationally the impact of Campbell.
3: No, you're right, man. It it is. Look, it's one of those things, you know, I've I've told a couple people of late, like, Everyone thought they were going to be a good team, right? I mean, you thought they were going to win the division this year, but to be here, sixty good minutes of football away from the Super Bowl, I, I don't know that anyone realized just how close it was because it's been so long. You know, like the Lions just—they haven't been very good, and and this year it's a, a combination of the right coach, you know, the right roster, um, the right opportunity. You know, yeah, you, you know this. there, There's no Brett Favre, or Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and that was the case for three decades. So all those things sort of came together. And then when you put, you know, Dan at the the top of it, and again, sort of, you know, he's the face of this rebuild and the, the belief that people have in him, like the city is, is it's on fire here. I mean, people have like, you know, they, they've changed the lights in front of their house to blue lights for, for Lions. You know, they I was looking on, on Delta, you know, just to, I'm going to the Super Bowl regardless, but just to, you know, book a flight home. I would booked a one-way just kind of waiting to see what the, the Lions were going to do. It's 2000 It's more than $2,000 to come home that day <laughs> after the game because so many people have booked refundable tickets thinking the lions are going to get there wanting to be there for the first time the lions get there so um i you know i know they're not favorite but you try to tell anyone here in detroit they're not going to win i think they'd they'd probably you know put your kneecap off like like dan would tell them to do (laughs) so dave
4: you mentioned getting out of metro is going to be a problem should people give us a prediction should they start getting online right now to reserve their flights for las vegas (laughs) tell us what's going to happen on sunday
3: Look, I, uh, so I filed my prediction earlier today and I think the 49ers are the better team. Like I, you know, they've got this pro bowl laden roster. I mean, all kinds of weapons. I, I, I'm not exactly sure how the Lions are going to keep the offense in check, but man, I, I've seen enough movies to know that these things are based on like real life stories. And this just has like a storybook feel to the season. So I don't think the Lions are that far off roster wise. I, I, I think they're going to win, man. I think it's a close game. I, I just, there's something about the way this season has gone and the way these guys here are conducting themselves that they they want this opportunity. And when they get it, I, I think they're ready for it. So I picked the Lions by one in my prediction, 28-27. Um, it's not going to surprise me either way what happens. But, you know, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm a sucker for a good story, but I, I think the Lions are going to the Super
2: Bowl. Well, now you got me emotional. I'm in my feels, Dave Burkett. Whether they win or lose, I will read you in the Detroit Free Press at Dave Burkett. Dave, thanks, man. I enjoy reading you. Appreciate you.
3: You got it, man. Enjoy the game this weekend.
2: Thank you. You too. I, it, it, Dustin's smiling. I could see him smiling in the camera here because he knows why. I, just, I have full body chills, like but, goosebumps. All I don't
5: know what's happening right now. But part of it is... I didn't anticipate Dave to pick the Lions to win because I know how people from there think because I know you. What did he say? 2824?
2: 2827. Yeah. Okay. So uh, as a network that deals in wagering, focus on the over, okay? <laughs> even if you don't like his prediction, you get an idea. Let's go over. Stuart Durst, Handicapper next.